It is Tuesday, October 6th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our weekly Waiver Wire podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, is Adam Krautwurst, and we are going to sort through a lot of the names you'll be considering on the Waiver Wire over the next couple of days, whether your runs tonight, whether it's Wednesday night, as in the higher stakes leagues. Uh, Adam, how are your teams faring so far in the FFPC and the Football Guys Players Championship? Yeah, so overall, I'm doing pretty well. Um, it's hard to tell at this point with the football guys, cause there's just so many of them. Um, I'm probably, um, I'm certainly doing better in the main event than I am in, in, in the football guys, which I'm perfectly f- fine with in the main event. I'm actually, I'm 18 and 10 over my seven teams. Uh, I have no, no losing records, a couple three and one teams, uh, a couple two and two teams. So I took a tough, uh, I took a tough loss last night. I lost 148.2 to 147.9. So if Hayden Hurst could have fell forward for like a yard or two at the end of that game, uh, it would it would have won me the match. So, um, but yeah, those those losses are always tough. But but no, overall, I'm, I'm certainly happy. I've I've kind of avoided some of the injury landmines so far. Um, although I did lose Eckler. Um, I lost Eckler on Sunday, so that's that, that's going to be tough. And I did lose McCaffrey in one. But in that one again, I'm two and two. I'm I'm holding on and and uh, and hopefully I can hold on until he gets back. But uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm happy. I'm I'm working through it just like everybody else. And then um, the team that we drafted together online, that team is um that team's two and two. Uh, Delvin Cooks kind of carrying me there, and Tom Brady of of course, you know. Um, but you know, I've dealt with some injuries. I had Julio go down last night. DJ Chark was hurt. Evans has been banged up. So. Um, but yeah, Cook's been carrying me there and hopefully I can pick up some guys off waivers and get some, get some luck in some of these matchups and be there in the end. Did you spend $998 on Mike Davis for that Christian McCaffrey team? You know, what's interesting is I maybe would have, but he was not available anywhere in any, in in any league. You know, that's the thing with these, with these main events, man, there's guys are just so savvy. And, um, you would have thought that like Reggie Bonifon would have been the guy that everybody had. Um, but now as soon as Davis was, was signed by the team, everybody snatched him up. So, um, but no, I certainly would have spent, no, I wouldn't have expected this. I mean, pro football focus is telling us that he's the best running back in football right now, but, um, but yeah, he's, uh, he's had a, he's certainly been better than I thought he was, he was going to be. Mm-hmm. Hey, he's been a solid guy in the past for both the, well, not so much the bears, mostly for the Seahawks, but yeah, yeah. I, I think that, I think he might be getting a little bit overrated at the moment, but you know, we'll see certainly in a productive spot. Anybody who's got him is happy to have him. At the exactly. exactly. Um, this past weekend, you, you talk about injury landmines and we'll talk about some of the other guys that have emerged because of the recent injuries. I think they're bound to have touched everybody to some degree at this point. So we're all looking for replacements. Plus we got bye weeks starting up this week. We got Detroit and green Bay having the first real bye week after the forced one last week, but this past weekend, featured an out-of-the-ordinary extra run on waivers in the FFPC-powered leagues, the FFPC-FPC. You know, we had the Steelers-Titans game get ultimately postponed until week seven, so it didn't happen. We had Cam Newton disappear from availability when he went on COVID reserve. So we had this extra round of waivers that was controversial. And as a result, Adam, you said you found some names that would not normally you wouldn't normally expect to see on waivers or get dropped by teams at this point, but those guys might be available in certain leagues. Yeah, as far as that waivers, it was the craziest weekend, just the craziest, craziest waiver 
period for FFPC I've ever been a part of, you know, being in all the leagues that I'm in, you know, the seven mains, the 25 or so football guys to just have that extra waiver on Saturday was just wild, you know, cause you spend all, you know, all the time Wednesday and Friday. And then in the waiver run, they, on Saturday, they allowed you to pick up players that were dropped on Wednesday and Friday as well. So there was all these players available. Um, but did you want to spend money? So I had a lot of chiefs, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like, do I drop a guy on my roster to pick up a backup? For example, in one league, I had Teddy Bridgewater and I had Patrick Mahomes, but I didn't know, you know, I, I want to start Patrick Mahomes, but I also want to buy myself time to make that, that decision. So in one of the leagues, I dropped Teddy Bridgewater, picked up Nick Mullins just in case. Um, and then we found out, you know, early on that, um, that Mahomes was going to, was, was going to play. So it's just crazy stuff like that, where, uh, where you're dropping guys and picking up guys and it makes guys available. Um, so it was, it was a crazy experience. Um, I don't necessarily agree with their decision to, to do that, but um, you just kind of got to roll with the punches and these, and these things and uh, go with, and you knew this year was, it was going to be crazy anyways. Mm-hmm. So just kind of got to go with it. Um, and yeah, we'll go over some of the, some of the guys um, that were kind of dropped that maybe, you know, there's some Deshaun Jackson was dropped in quite a bit, bunch of leagues. Not that he's been good, but LaVisca Chanel, you know, he was dropped in quite a, quite a bit of leagues. Um, so uh, those are, those aren't guys we're going to talk a lot about tonight because they're not available in most leagues, but check your, make sure you check your waiver wires, make sure you check for all available players because um, you could find some little stashes, some little gold mines that you never thought would be there. And of course, broadly outside of FFPC leagues, I think Deshaun Jackson um, and actually Alshon Jeffrey as well. We talked about last week, but that Philly passing game remains open and a spot that if you have room to stash somebody, you don't need that spot right now. You're not, you don't have a COVID affected game at the moment. You know, we'll see how this week progresses, but if we're back to the point where you're able to stash somebody where you in a spot where you don't need a starter option right away, I think, the Philly passing game remains a spot to do that because they need answers. They've got nothing going well for them on the passing side right now. So if you can stash Deshaun Jackson, you can stash Alshon Jeffrey. Obviously, Greg Ward is a starting option for a lot of PPR leagues right now. It's a place to look for a little bit of help. Yeah, my concern with them is their offensive line. He just doesn't have time to to go deep. So, I I mean, you're more in tune with the Eagles than I am. Are they – are they getting guys back or are they just shot for the year? They stink. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I wouldn't look at it as an upside spot right now. I would just say, you know, if you've got a receiver that you don't, that you know is going nowhere, uh, maybe you stash Deshaun Jackson, see what happens. I also think that he's the kind of player that you can dump right now for somebody who's going to help your team because I don't think that there's, I don't think there's any huge upside coming from Deshaun Jackson or frankly another Eagles wide receiver right now. But, you know, we'll see six weeks from now. Maybe it would be different. Yep. All right, so we'll move on to the specific focal point players for this week on waivers. Let's start at running back, Adam. Who's your first running back up? Yeah, so J- Justin Jackson, you know, available in a lot of leagues. And, I, in fact, he was one of the guys that was that was dropped uh, recently because, uh, you know, it's one of those players where he's third on the depth chart. There's injuries all over the league, so – you know, um, we got we got to cut we got to cut loose players to to make room for others. So, but of course, if you cut, if you cut him this last week, it's horrible timing. Um, and so, he's one of my top guys to to, to pick up. Now, I want to say that, and we talked a little bit about this in previous weeks that it's 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 very important to like where is your team at? So we could say, hey, pick up this guy, 
But if you don't need him, don't spend a lot of money on him. Like if you own Austin Eckler, you're going to want to spend much more of your budget on Justin Jackson than the next guy. You know what I mean? Or if you if you own a you know a running back that just that just got hurt, um, or if you're already hurt at running back, this is a guy that you're that you're going to want to target. If your team's in good shape and you've got good running backs. Don't blow your budget on a guy like J- Justin Jackson. Okay, put put in a bid for him to keep everybody honest, but don't but don't go blowing your budget. So for I had for for the Eckler owner, uh, fifty to sixty percent. If I got Justin Jackson, so I'm in a league where I have one of my main event teams. I have Kenyon Drake, Bust City, and Eckler. So I'm completely desperate. Um, I need Justin Jackson on my team just to kind of hold me over. Maybe, you know, maybe he, he ends up getting the load because he did split carries with, with, with Kelly. Uh, Jackson was kind of hurt on and off kind of going into the first couple of weeks. So he didn't really um, get that opportunity. Kelly kind of was just given it. So, but they had a similar touch situation this last week and, and he has experience with, with this offense. So it might be a situation where he does overtake Kelly and he's at the very least going to see, I would think, forty percent of the of the work there. So, um, so yeah, I think Justin Jackson's a must add if you're an Eckler owner. Yeah, I think I would even invest beyond what you have um, listed for Justin Jackson here in that 60 percent range. I think seventy eighty percent is even um, worth it here. Heading into the season, Anthony Lynn was talking about these running backs, the three of them, Austin Eckler, Joshua Kelly, and Justin Jackson, saying that they each did different things well. So they were envisioning roles for all these guys. You mentioned Justin Jackson started the season hurt, so that kind of hurt his chances of having a real role. But at this point, we know that he's at least going to be close to half of the backfield, maybe half of the backfield Mm -hmm. for at least the next four to six weeks. We don't know for sure that Austin Eckler is going to be ready to go after that. So that's, you know, the hope at this point, but at the very least for the next month, month and a half, Justin Jackson is half of this backfield. And then beyond that, even if we do get Eckler back healthy at that point, and even if Joshua Kelly stays healthy that long, Justin Jackson's going to stay on rosters because he's got two handcuff points. I mean, if either Eckler or Kelly goes down, Justin Jackson is going to be in for more work. So I I think he's one of the most valuable handcuff types that has come up as available since the season began in these waiver wire runs. If there's any running back on waivers in your main event leagues that you think is an injury away from getting 50% of a workload in a good offense, like the chargers or whatever, go, go, go grab him. You know, we can't talk about every single player on the show because we don't know who's available in every single league, but go get these guys because especially this year, it's, it's just, just waiting for the next running back to, to, to get hurt. They're valuable. They're, they're, they're useful in the leagues that I have Justin Jackson and I'm loving, I'm loving life. Cause now I get, you know, or even J- Josh Kelly, like it's like, it's, it's beautiful. It's like having another, you know, RB one. So um, this year, it's it's just crazy. Go try to add these guys. Try to add them early, and we'll go over a couple of guys that maybe you can add for for for, for dirt cheap here c- coming up. But try to add these guys early so that you don't have to spend the fifty to sixty percent. Um, go scour, spend spend the time. I know it's I know it's hard, but that's what can win you half a million bucks is finding these third string running backs that at the end of the year are are, are putting up RB two numbers to kind of carry your your team when everybody's hurt. Daryl Williams is another guy who comes to mind when we're talking about somebody who might have been cut. I mean, Daryl Williams is probably drafted in most FFPC main event leagues, but at this point he has barely touched the ball. And I would not be surprised if he's been dropped in a a few of those leagues. And I'm sure he's available in a lot of non-FFPC leagues. He'd be one to stash because if Clyde Edwards-Elair gets hurt in week five, 
all of a sudden Daryl Williams is going to be the waiver wire target for week six. Exactly. I love how you say e just like all the, all the announcers okay. do on TV. <laughs> um, and yeah, and, and to be honest, I'm an Edwards, I'm an Edwards e guy, but he, I don't know if it's him or the old line, but he has been garbage inside the five yard line. I mean, he's, he, he could have six or seven touchdowns by, by now. So it might be a situation where they're kind of fed up with him, not scoring down by the goal line. And Williams does start to get some of that role too go, go going forward. But, um, but yeah, he's certainly another one of those guys an injury away and, and even his backup an injury away from, from, from having a role, you know? So for sure. I also think we might see an Edwards Elair breakthrough <laughs> near the goal line against the Raiders this week. He could be there. We go get right spot. <laughs> Next running back on the list. What you got? So to Ernest Johnson, right? So Chubb Chubb goes down. They were talking. The coach was talking six weeks. I don't know how he would he would know that so soon, you know. But it looks like it's going to be a, a longer injury. Um, so again, if I if I'm a Chubb owner. I'm bidding 50% on, on on him. You know, Kareem Hunt's going to be the guy there, obviously. And I, people think I'm crazy. I, I tell people that I trust. I don't tell the world. But I think Kareem Hunt is a better player than Nick than, than, than Nick Chubb. I think he's a better all-around player. He looks explosive. I mean, Chubb's a great runner. Don't get me wrong. He's great. But I think Kareem Hunt's ju- ju- just as good and, and maybe even better. So, But he's also dealing with that injury, too. So maybe that injury pops up. But Dernis Johnson didn't know, didn't know much about him, obviously. But again, he's that third string running back. That's an injury away. Um, you know, and he looked, he looked really good again. Now I, I, I hear it's against the Cowboys. I went back and I watched all, all the carries and even, you know, he rushed 13 carries for, for 96 yards. And that was late in the game when they knew every single play was going to be a handoff. And I got to be honest, he, he looked like he had a little Chris Johnson to his game. He looked, he was running on his tippy toes. He looked light. He looked patient. Um, it, you know, I, I would I would encourage everyone go go on YouTube watch all watch all of his carry because I think I think he looked really good. So um, he's a guy that I think um, could certainly is certainly going to get work because they they do like to run the ball there. They love to run it. Um, and Kareem Hunt, you know, probably won't get every single touch there. And this is a guy that um, that looked pretty good, looked pr- pretty explosive, and uh, could certainly for the next four or five games uh, be a be a flex option. So we've got a CJ2K comp here for DM. Let's go. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to put a little cold air into this hot air balloon and bring Ernest <laughs> Johnson back to Earth a little bit. I, don't, I don't do it. He had four carries all of last year for a Browns team that had no Kareem Hunt for the entire first half. Ernest Johnson had 4.3 yards per carry career at South Florida. He was an undrafted free agent. He ran a 4.8640 in pre-draft. So Chris Johnson, you just made a lifelong enemy by comparing him to Chris Johnson. There's no way that he guy. runs a 4.86. I don't care what the stopwatch. No NFL running back runs a 4.86. Chris okay. Johnson. Chris Johnson and his platinum grill are coming after you for Nobody. that. He's gonna he's gonna etch your name into his teeth. Uh, me, <laughs> That's right. I'm letting somebody else get Dearness Johnson. I'll put in a bid just in case my league is of similar mind and doesn't want him to see if I get him. But Dontrell Hilliard played 15 snaps to Johnson 17 against Dallas. So I know that Johnson was the one who got the numbers, but I don't think there's really a whole lot of space between these two guys. And it's going to be Kareem Hunt as soon as he's fully healthy. Obviously, since he's already got some situation that he's dealing with, you know, there that adds some handcuff upside here. But I would make sure that I'm not giving too much for Dearness Johnson unless I'm absolutely desperate. 
And yeah, and, and if you lost Chubb, that, and that's what I'm. If you lost Chubb for four, five, six weeks, you're you're desperate, especially in this landscape, you know. And let, maybe you had handcuffed him with Kareem Hunt, and maybe you took a running back in the first round. That's that's not hurt, but in you know, if you lost Nick Chubb and he's really going to be out for four to six weeks, you're probably you're probably desperate. And like I said, like I feel like you know, the other running back there, he he didn't do much of anything either, um, or he didn't do much of anything. Whereas Johnson, I'm just, I think he looked good. And I, listen. Coach is not using guys. J.K. Dobbins isn't getting any run. You know, we can go through the list of, of running backs. DeAndre Swift isn't getting any run. Coaches are idiots. Like, <laughs> it's just that to me, I get it, and you kind of got to process that and add it to the to, to, to the process. But just, be, you know, just because they're wrong on guys constantly doesn't mean, you know, when you look at a guy and he looks good, you know. And I think they're going to, again, they're, they're going to run the ball over and over and over again. And I don't think they want to run Kareem Hunt into the ground. So I think he's going to get work whether the coaches think he's good or not. Um, and I just thought he, I thought, I thought, I thought he looked good. I thought he looked quick, nimble. Um, he doesn't run a four, eight, six. I'm going to, I'm going to find out for, for, for sure. All I'm saying is he's slow enough that they had to turn his first name to, into a contraction just to, <laughs> That's to, be able to say it fast enough. Well, Trey Quan Smith is fast too. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll see. I'm curious to see what Dearness Johnson goes for. I think it's going to be high. Saquon Bark on Periscope <laughs> Twitter asked if we would prefer Johnson to Justin Jackson. I say, absolutely not. I'll take Justin Jackson way ahead. I think it depends. Like if you, if you've got Eckler, you're going to want, you're going to want Jackson to me. And the other thing is too, like, I don't know if I believe, like, do we know confirmed that Chubb is going to be out for, for like a month or six weeks? Like, is that like, that's where, like, if he comes back in three weeks, it's like, a, you know, uh, I'm probably not doing it, but you know, if he's going to be out a while, you know, I would put a bid in on the same for both, for, for both of them. And then if you get one of them, great. If you, you know, get, if you get the other one, great. Um, but I, I really do like De, De Ernest Johnson and you could probably get him for much cheaper uh, than you can J- J- Justin Jackson. I think. Oh, I guess we'll see how these bids work out for me. It's easily Jackson, no matter who I already have on my team. All right. Do we want to hit any of the other somewhat available running backs? Yeah. So just a couple of guys we don't need to really need to talk about, but uh, that I noticed were, were dropped recently and, and available. So Matt Breida, Tevin Coleman, and Gio Bernard. Again, are we excited about these guys? Absolutely not. Um, but in the landscape where injured running backs, like Gio Bernard's an injury away from being a flex option for sure. Tevin Coleman is an injury away. You know, he, when he comes back healthy, if he ever is healthy, we know the San Francisco running game can support two running backs. So if he's one of those top two backs, he can certainly pr- produce there. Um, and Matt, Matt, Matt Breida, he's an injury away from having a role, just like we all kind of thought he was going to have. So, um, you know, he had a little, some, some signs of life, some, so some, some catches on, on Sunday. Again, these aren't guys you're excited about, but these are guys that if there's major injuries to the guys ahead of them, we're going to be talking about going, yep, you're going to want to bid 30 to 40 to 50% on these, on these guys. So if you have room, which is very hard, not people don't have room with all the injuries, um, pick up, pick up one of these guys for a buck, two bucks, five, five bucks out of your budget and stash them and cross your fingers for, for, for an injury. I would say pick up Gio Bernard over Dearness Johnson. If you have that opportunity, I, I'm surprised that Gio, that Gio Bernard's available anywhere. I mean, I guess it makes sense for teams that, uh, needed the spot to make sure that they were covered for week four. So, I mean, you know, in that case, I can understand him coming available, but he, he should be picked up anywhere that's a possibility. And Tevin Coleman would be my biggest stash there because, I mean, we'll see what the roles look like when he comes back healthy. It's possible that he doesn't even need anybody to get hurt. 
to get decent work. I wouldn't count on that, but we also know that any running back in a Kyle Shanahan offense is capable of producing at any given point. So Tevin Coleman's an excellent stash. Matt Breida bugs me way more than it really should. (laughs) Traded a draft pick to get Matt Breida who recorded the fastest running time of any player in the NFL last year and produced over multiple seasons for the 49ers. And then they bring him in and it's Miles Gaskin time and no Brita. It just doesn't make any sense. I could, I, I could understand if it were a split, but the fact that he has just basically disappeared, uh, it's, it's the one situation where I'm not, I don't mean to wish ill on Miles Gaskin, but I want to see what happens if Miles Gaskin happens to go down and or if I was just like completely off on drafting any Matt Breida. Not that I was overweight in drafting him, but you know, I thought Matt Breida seemed like a decent value and it's going nowhere so far. Yeah, because coaches are are, are idiots. Imagine spending imagine drafting Dobbins or Swift in the NFL in the second round and then having them buried third on your death chart behind old men that are running that are they're plodding along like it's now we're not in their head. They might be thinking, I, I don't know what the, the Lions are thinking because they're not going anywhere. But, you know, the Ravens are thinking Super Bowl. So they'd be like, all right, we're going to save this kid till the end of the year that he's going to blow up. At least I can understand that. But, but yeah, it's like guys like Matt Breed, I got you trade picks and we could do this. We could do this all day. You know, Austin Hooper and Hayden Hurst and these guys that you spent money on, you traded for or whatever that they're just, that they're not, that they're not using. It just, it, it doesn't make sense. But, um, so yeah. So, stash these guys and stash all those. I mean, those guys, other guys aren't available, but yeah, it's like, it's a long season. It's we're only four weeks in, you know, storylines change, things change. And um, we're going to be, you know, four weeks from now, we can look back and be laughing hysterically about how remember miles Gaskin used to get 25 touches a game. And, you know, so um, yeah. And with the injury landscape too, it's just, it's crucial to, to spend the time, if you see running backs that you think have are an injury away from getting some good upside, go 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 grab them. Or we can be like, remember how much people spent on of the Ernest Johnson way back? <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be locked into the Ernest Johnson. You might want to mute me on Sunday because I'm gonna be sending messages. Mark, <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, has a lot of time uh, to, on his hands while he's recovering from that knee injury. So he wants to know what we think of uh, Keyshawn Vaughn. I, I would say that Jock Vaughn or, Ke- or Keyshawn Vaughn. <laughs> yeah, both. Just call him car wash. To me, Keyshawn Vaughn is somebody you go ahead and put in a small bid on if you need a running back behind these other guys when somebody else outbids you for Dearness Johnson. Stash him and see what happens in case Orchon McCoy is not playing. I think Vaughn could step in and get some of that, but I wouldn't go out of my way because Keyshawn Vaughn, I think, is going to need also a Ronald Jones injury and one of those other guys to also stay out for him to be relevant, I think. Right, exactly. McCoy's hurt. I don't know if he's out. I think everyone might be out for this Thursday night game, but, um, but yeah, that's a great. That's a that's a good thinking ahead move. Like if you think that you know Fournette's not going to play this week and McCoy's not going to play this week, then Vaughn's certainly worth an add if you need somebody for this week. That's a great. That's the type of stuff that that, that we're talking about. Um, but uh, but but long term of the full season, I think once they got other other backs healthy, I think he's waiver wire fodder. But again, pick him up for a week. Hopefully, maybe he pops in fifteen fantasy points for you. Right. He's a good fallback option this week. You put in bids yeah. for these other guys. You put Vaughn below that. If you need a running back, you know, if you have somebody that you're unloading because you need help, put him as a fallback. It's somebody on your roster that might do something for a game. Saquon Bark clearly needs running backs. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Over a wide receiver who leads the list. 
Yeah. So Traquan Smith, you know, he's a guy that I've, that I've loved. He was a guy that I was kind of eyeballing a couple of years ago and I was a little early on him and, but he, he looks, he looks good. I mean, he looks in sync with, with, with breeze. Um, he just, you know, he, he looks like his route running has, has improved. Um, you know, uh, obviously Michael Thomas is going to come back very soon. He might even be back this week, but you know, he's, he's capitalized on his red zone looks, um, you know, he's playing well enough to, to retain a significant role, you know, and again, once Thomas comes back with everybody healthy, look at that offense, churn, churning out points. And, um, he, again, he can be, he can, he can be a nice waiver wire or a nice, or a nice bi-week fill in. I'm sorry, not, not waiver wire, but this week I was lucky enough to grab him in a couple of leagues spot, start him over Brandon cooks. That always, that always feels good. And, uh, and he can, he can have those type games for it. Hell obviously won't have the type of, um, I think he only had four four targets this this last week, so he can he can certainly get that every every single week. But he doesn't have high target upside when Thomas comes back. But he could be that downfield burner, um, you know, when um, when Thomas comes back. Thomas, I think, will open up the field for him too. So um, the Saints obviously like him. They've kind of kept him around. They've kept um, working on his game. So I think I like to trade Quan Smith. I have a ten percent bid down for him. Um, you know, so uh, someone you can you, you can stash and use for for, for bye weeks or or, or or injuries. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it's obvious to say that Smith is a target when Michael Thomas is out, but he might have the same role. When Michael Thomas comes back and might even be, as you said, kind of in a better spot. Where even if he's not even getting eight to ten targets now, when Michael Thomas is out, if he's only in four to seven target range now, he Bingo. could really stay in four to seven target yep. range even when, when Michael Thomas comes back and get more of that downfield stuff and have some of those higher value targets. I used them in DFS this week, made sure to screw up my teams in a couple other spots. Just <laughs> my bank was going to wonder where the money was coming from. But yeah, I, I think Traquan Smith is somebody to pick up. He leads all saints in routes for the season. Obviously Thomas has been out for several games now, but Traquan Smith was ahead of even Emmanuel Sanders back in week one, or was at least right behind Emmanuel Sanders. I can't remember at the moment, but right there with Sanders then, he's the younger guy. I think he's worth the bet over Emmanuel Sanders at this point. And I I don't think that Traquan Smith is a guy who's going to stop being fantasy relevant just because Michael Thomas comes back. Yeah, I mean, he can, like you said, he, he only got four targets. He produced with those four targets. And he'll be efficient because he won't be getting, you know, the top cover guy. I mean, it's hard to be more efficient than four for four. But like you said, he's going to get more deep downfield stuff as Thomas gets the underneath stuff. And um, yeah, I think he's a nice, a nice guy guy to have. He's he's healthy for now, and he's in a good, a real good passing offense. So he's he's a guy that that you want to have. I look forward to seeing Traquan Smith get back to testing how far Drew Brees can actually throw the ball these days. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> um, he was Traquan Smith, certainly my top receiver as well. So I agree with that placement for him. Who's next on the wide outlook? Yeah, so I, you know, Isaiah Ford, I put a 10% bid down for him. Um, and, you know, he might have moved ahead of Preston Williams here. So I was, it was funny. I was looking at the, uh, I was looking at the Draft Sharks rankings, uh, weekly rankings over this last week, trying to set my lineups. And I noticed that. Isaiah Ford was higher than I thought he was going to be. And I started doing some research on him and, um, and yeah, he's certain, I think he has, I think he has passed him, um, you know, for, for, for now. Um, but he had, you know, he had 10, he had 10 targets this, this last game and, and he looks, he looks good out there. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's out targeted Williams 11 to seven over the last two weeks. So there's some spot start value there. Again, I don't think he's um, has the upside that a Traquan Smith has, 
but um, but he I think he has less competition maybe like once Michael Thomas comes back I think he has less competition for targets and you know the Dolphins are always going to be playing from behind they're always going to be slinging it so he has those chance for those for those upside games um, you know five to ten percent uh, could get you could get you forward you could probably even bid less and get him um, considering everyone's kind of going to be targeting these 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 running backs this this week so uh, but yeah I think Ford's worth worth a look. Yeah, I think he's worth a look. For me, he's more of like a Traquan Smith fallback if you have Traquan Smith. Yeah. We'll compare him to some of the other guys we'll bring up here in a minute. It's mostly I don't trust this Miami uh, target hierarchy to stay the same week to week. I mean, I do think that it looks like Isaiah Ford moved ahead of Preston Williams right now. Preston Williams doesn't seem like he's all the way back from his knee injury last year. And I mean, he's a second year player. It's entirely understandable for him to not be all the way back. And maybe that persists throughout the season, but we also had a crappy game from Mike, Mike Jasucki. Uh that could easily flip the following week. So Isaiah Ford's a fine guy to have around and a good fallback option, but I, I wouldn't, I would make sure that I'm not over committing to him and hoping that he's going to be something special for me. Yep. Who's next? Zach Pascal. I think we I think we recommended him last week too. I'm surprised um, to kind of see him out there still. You know, he had three catches for 58 yards. Not great, but you know, you could do you you could do worse. Um, he had you know the exciting thing was he did have eight eight targets, which I think that's going to that's going to to, to continue. You know, there's not a lot of receivers left there healthy. Um, you know, Rivers stinks. You know, but um, but he he's going to be a, a solid target guy, you know, with Pittman out, with Paris Campbell out. Um, uh, you know, I just, I'd like to see them play from behind a little bit more so he, he could get more and more targets. But uh, I think that, um, again, 10, 10% to get a healthy number two wide receiver in an offense. Bye weeks are coming coming up. You could, you could certainly do worse than a guy that's going to get you eight targets. Yeah, and in our age especially, Adam, healthy number two becomes pretty important. <laughs> that's that's um, right. I think I Very think important. Zach Pascal are very similar for waiver targets. I think if I, I would prefer T Higgins, for example, if he's still out there, I know he oh, didn't make yeah. it. I doubt he's very available. No, he's not available anywhere. Yeah. So if we're talking outside FFPC, I would definitely target T Higgins over both of these guys. I would imagine you'd do the same. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And what about Scotty Miller? Oh, love Scotty Miller. I don't, he's not, He's not on this list because we've been screaming about Scotty Miller for three for three weeks now, you know. So, uh, and I'm happy for Scotty that he's not on the list because that means he's probably not on the list because I have him everywhere. So, hopefully, I'm crossing my fingers. And this is why you do your research, you listen to shows like this that, that are going to beg you to take guys before because now we're talking this Thursday. He might be the only. I mean, Mike Evans was hurt on Sunday. He might not be ready. Godwin's not ready. Like he might be the number one target for Tom Brady. Uh, on Thursday night football. It's like, that's a guy that you're probably going to want to, going to want to start. He's going to be a nice little flex spot for you. Um, and he can win weeks for you. So, um, you know, all it takes is one week or two weeks where stuff like this happens, but you, you got to get out in front of everybody. Cause now you go to pick up Scotty Miller. He's, he's, he's gone. So, um, yeah, I'm, he could be a starter for a lot of people this, this week. And of course he's dealing with an injury this week as well, but that's been the yep. case for the past couple of weeks. So we'll yep. see about his status for that Thursday night game. But I, I agree. He's somebody to keep around on the roster, similar to Traquan Smith, that there's going to be targets for the quarterbacks good enough that he can produce, even if he's seeing six to seven targets in a given week. So, uh, yeah. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of jumping on the list here, but, but you know, Justin Watson might be that guy this week. So we talk about 
Scotty Miller and him having this possibility of him being the number one receiver there this week. Well, if he's hurt, which is quite possible, and Justin Watson's not, it could be Justin Watson. And Justin Watson had a great finish to last year. So I think that, again, he's he's might be our Scotty Miller this week where go out and get him before he blows up, and you might have to start him this week because of all the injuries that you have. So um, Justin Watson's kind of that Scotty Miller guy this this week. Yeah, and watch Watson too because he missed Monday and Tuesday with a chance. Exactly. Yeah. All like I said, all of them are hurt. Yeah. I'm assuming one of them is going to play. <laughs> There's just somebody running around Bucks headquarters with a baseball bat, knocking <laughs> at everybody. Who look maybe Deontay Die or Dante Die? I forget even what his name is. Maybe he's trying to make a comeback and he's just sneaking around Bucks headquarters, injuring all the wide receivers so that he. Maybe can- it's Antonio Brown that's just running around <laughs> smashing everybody. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I agree with uh, trying to stash some of those guys because all the injuries make all of them worth a look. Demir Bird showed back up on Monday night in the Monday Night Appetizer uh, and, and seems like he might be somebody worth stashing. Speaking of the Monday Night Appetizer, I love two Monday Night Football games. Can I just say, let's just keep this thing go, going forward. Um, it was just so great. But, uh, but yeah, so he's I think he's their primary d- deep threat. Um, especially when the Pats are playing from, from behind, he's going to have more games where he's where he's able to get in there. Um, you know, he leads the team in in roots run, um, and uh, yeah, he looked he looked good doing it. Especially when they get Cam Newton back. Obviously, they won't be trailing as much when they have Cam Newton, but um, looking good. I would I would again if you need a receiver, 10, 10 to fifteen percent because I think this guy is certainly their deep threat guy. Um, and he's just kind of building that r- r- rapport with these quarterbacks. So, yeah, looked at looked to grab Bird. I was actually kind of surprised he was available in so many leagues. Yeah, I don't see any reason to particularly favor Nikhil uh, Harry over Demir Bird at this point. They look, you know, pretty similar in terms of their roles in the offense, in terms of their volume roles at least. And Bird is more of a downfield player at this point than Harry. We'll see where that goes. But you know, Harry's uh, Bird is definitely a guy to keep in mind as a stash. Uh, the next guy on the list, Mike Williams. I was surprised to see him on the list. Is Mike Williams significantly available? Yeah, so he was one of those guys in the, in the Saturday drops that people just he's an injured player and they want to and they want to back up their players for the for this Monday game and all that type stuff. So he was kind of, you know, he was available in that. Now I will say that I I really liked Williams. I have Williams everywhere. I drafted him. I really liked him with Tyrod because Tyrod he is a he throws the ball deep. Um, he's not, a, he's not a timing guy. He's not an intermediate route guy. He likes to throw the ball deep. So I did like Mike Williams with him. Um, you know, not to say that, you know, they're not going to throw the ball deep now because, you know, the rookies throwing beautiful, beautiful deep balls there, but he looked explosive on hard knocks. You know, he was, he's been, he's been hampered early in camp with, with, with the hand, with the, the shoulder and now the hamstring. He's just too talented to be on waivers, pick him up for sure. If he's available, um, and you could probably sneak him in there because I don't think a lot of people are going to kind of realize that he that he's he's, he's out there. Put a bit in for him. You're going to have to stash him. Um, but I think he's a guy that late that could have a late season surge. And if there's injuries to the rest of the receiving core to someone else, like if Kenan Allen gets hurt or Hunter Henry gets hurt, he's a guy that when healthy can be a can be a wide receiver too for you. So I think check your leagues if he's available. Definitely bid bid on him. Yeah, I mean, Justin Herbert with no Mike Williams against the Bucks through touchdown passes of 53 and 72 yards. So yep. A healthy Mike Williams could be uh, could look like an angel to Justin Herbert once he's back. So I would absolutely try to stash him if yep. I can. Mike Williams would be one of those that I was like 
cussing myself when I dropped them if I had to do it because I just didn't have anybody else that I could knock off my roster for an injury fill-in. But I would absolutely hold on to Mike Williams as hard as I could and, and pick him up. I, I like him better than any of the other wide receivers we've mentioned other than Traquan Smith. I think Mike Williams would be my number two there. Yeah, as as I'm kind of talking about him and as I'm thinking about it, I I hate, you know, I don't know. It's hard to put percentages down because really it depends on your roster. It depends on a lot of things. But, yeah, I could certainly see bidding, you know, 10 15% on a guy like Mike Williams. If you can, if you can, if your roster looks nice and you can stash him, uh, yeah, I, I could certainly see suspending that. Christian Kirk is not hurt right now, but his numbers haven't been there either. What do you think about him? Yeah, I think he's a nice little bye week fill in this, this week. They get the Jets, and if you need again, if you have Bucks receivers and you've got you know Jets receivers or whatever, all these receivers that are, that are hurt, I think he could have a nice little week for you this this week. So you know, don't go crazy on him. But if you need, if you're looking at your rush, you're like, man, I've got some, I got some guys on bye, I got some guys that are hurt. You know, what can I get for this week? I think you can pop in Christian Kirk. He scored last last week. Um, you know, didn't do a ton other other than that, but he's a guy you know that could have a that could have a blow up game against against the Jets because the Jets you know the Jets suck. So, um, and the run defense is pretty good. Um, so they, they usually kind of force people to to, to the air. Uh, and Kenyon Drake's terrible for some reason. So I think they're going to have to pass the ball. Yeah, and I say Christian Kirk's not hurt, but he was questionable for last week's game. He did play, but he's yeah. with an injury still. I, I would like to be able to stash Christian Kirk as well. I don't like him as much as Mike Williams because I, I guess because I am a big fan of Justin Herbert and because Christian Kirk hasn't done it so far this year, and I prefer Traquan Smith. But behind those two guys, I would like to take a shot on Christian Kirk. Like I said, he has not been performing so far this year. He has been hurt already, but – it's down versus what he did the past two years. So, you know, maybe this part is the outlier and he just has a rough start to this season and he gets it together and the team starts getting him in the positions where they need to for him to produce. I think it, at the very least, I think it's worth taking a shot that Christian Kirk has bounced back in him. I think he has a lot more upside to him than somebody like Isaiah Ford, Zach Pascal. So I would love to stash him on my roster. And especially, as you mentioned, there's some – potential that even if Christian Kirk continues to stink the rest of the season, he could be fine this week against the Jets and help you out. Exactly. That's that's kind of the main thing. Grab him, start him against the Jets if you need him. And then um yeah, hopefully he he puts in a nice week for you and then you can you can kind of look and what watch from there. Any other wideouts to mention from the uh, waiver dumps? Yeah, no, we talked about Justin Watson. I think um so Desha- Deshaun Jackson um and LaVisca Chenault were the two guys that we had spoken about earlier about how you know, they, they got dumped on waivers and, and um, you know, see if they're available. LaVisca Chenault for sure because he looks good. And, man, if they can start getting him involved more d- downfield, uh, you know, I was shocked again that he, he got dropped. It kind of, you know, the, kinda the, the, the Saturday waiver kind of did that to people. But check and see if LaVisca's available. If he's available, pick a, you know, pick pick a percentage. I can't really give you a percentage on that if you really need a receiver. I mean, he's he could be as good as any of these guys we just named. So 15, 20, 10%, somewhere in there, maybe even, even more. It depends on how much that you like him or like the offense, but he's certainly worth worth rostering. As he's been, you know, he's been good so far. So those two guys would kind of, would kind of be the ones that I would bring up as far as the, the receivers are concerned. Fantasy Twitter looks at LaVisca Chenault like a teenage boy 
in the 80s and early 90s looked at a Cindy Crawford post. That's right. I mean, That's it's right. almost embarrassing to be on Twitter when the Jaguars are playing in a primetime game. Is LaVisca Chanel the Pam Anderson of Twitter? <laughs> just, just, if you didn't know anything about football at all and you went on fantasy Twitter and you saw all the guys being like, ooh, LaVisca, you'd be like, <laughs> oh, man, who is she? That's right. That's right. On to tight end before we wrap this thing up. What is there a tight end pickup for the tight end premium FFPC leagues? Absolutely. So C- Cameron Brait would be the guy. So, um, you know, OJ Howard's done, right? Achilles done. And Gronk is already dead. Like the guy just looks awful. He looks like he came because it was Tampa Bay, the city, and because his buddy Tom Brady asked him, asked him to. I mean, I'm not saying he's not trying and he's blocking well or whatever, but he just is plotting. He's never open. There was a play on Sunday where Brady was, you know, they were inside the red zone. They maybe were at the at the eight yard line, and Brady's just waiting and waiting for for him to get open in the back of the end zone. He just never got open. He's just he's just dead. So and Bray is, you know, Bray's been good in the in the past. I don't know why, you know, the coaches don't really really like him, but you know, they don't really like the tight end position there anyways. But I think with all of these injuries, they're going to be forced to throw to the tight ends. Um, and I think Brait could could prove to be really good. Um, and he scored on Sunday too. So Brait's certainly worth it. Again, if you lost some tight ends due to, due to injury, if you're just kind of scrambling or whatever, Brait's worth, I think, 5 to 10% in these tight end premium leagues. I know I have OJ Howard everywhere, so I'm going to be looking to add to add Brait, um, hopefully, and uh, to kind of shore up that tight end two spot. Um, so yeah, I think he's definitely worth it. And then, um, I saw Mo Ali Cox was dropped also in these kind of the, the waiver dump on, on, uh, on Friday and Saturday. So he's a guy, um, not, not a high volume guy because all the other tight ends are back, but he scored again. You know, I think he scored two out of the last three weeks. I think that the week he didn't score, I think he had a hundred yards or close to a hundred yards. So, um, I think, you know, again, with all those receivers hurt there, he's, he is their red zone option for sure. Um, and, uh, I think he's just getting better and better. He's another kind of bi-week guy you can, you, you can use. And I'll play the part of Jared Smola and say that Trey Burton can, is stashable because he led the tight ends and snaps this past week. He finally came back, but I wouldn't expect a whole lot of upside out of him, but they're, they're at least stash worthy in a tight end premium as a fallback option. Similar range to where Cameron Braid is. I don't think Cameron Braid's going to be an option for you outside of deep tight end premium leagues, and even then, more than a fallback option on waivers. But you know, certainly worth taking a shot on. And Darren Fells is somebody else to consider in that range, especially with Jordan Aikens dealing with a concussion. Yeah, exactly. So um, obviously, it's a it's a it's a tight end premium thing, um, and it's a if you know me, you know I have OJ Howard in a lot of spots, so he's certainly uh, a guy that I'm going to add. Um, or look to add, uh, and I, I don't think a lot of people are going to really be beyond him either. So I think I can get him for for pretty cheap. Ten ten percent is probably I probably won't bid ten percent, but because um, I he's I'm trying to replace my number two OJ Howard, but I think I can get him for probably five five percent. Mm-hmm. By the way, Jvic fifteen from Periscope and Twitter says Adam always dropping fantasy dimes. Love that guy. I love it. Before we head out, I got to throw in Justin Herbert. We mentioned Justin Herbert earlier and talking about Mike Williams. It's time to just have Justin Herbert be owned in all leagues of 12 plus teams beyond streaming level. The guy's thrown for 290 plus yards in every game so far. Three touchdown passes against the Bucs. We mentioned the two long ones. There was also the 19 yarder to Donald Parham, an XFL tight end. The only worrisome matchup going forward for Justin Herbert is the Patriots in week 13. I'm not saying the rookie is going to deliver every week between now and then uh, no quarterback delivers every week, even in good matchups, but 
The matchups haven't been a problem. They're not going to be a problem going forward. He's got some rushing even beyond what he's had to show so far. And he went into this environment where we expected the Bucs to be a good fantasy defense last week. And Justin Herbert turned that upside down. So he's somebody to really consider adding in pretty much any leagues at 12 plus. Yeah, for sure. I usually don't include quarterbacks because I normally don't carry more than more than one, but this year you really have to because again you showed what what's what's going to happen with COVID. But Herbert is is certainly worth. I mean, he just looks he looks great. He's looked great since you know since the first snap that he took when he when he came in. You can just tell he gets it. He's big. He's strong. He's forcing the ball downfield. So um, yeah, he's certainly a guy that's going to take advantage of any weak matchup. Um, he's certainly worth worth rushing. In fact, I I've I picked him up in one league. Um, where I have Tom Tom Brady, um, and I might start him start him this week because Brady's you know got no receivers and he's on Thursday night in Chicago I think so and that that means a lot because I because the answer is always Tom Brady and I never bench him for anything but we'll see that's gonna do it for this week five edition of the waiver wire podcast head over to draftsharks.com now check out our week five free agent focus as well as our up to date rest of the way rankings to help you with your waiver decisions you can also find us on Twitter we are at draft sharks Adam is at Adam underscore Krautwurst I am at Shauf DS that's S-C-H-A-U-F for Adam Krautwurst and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew I'm Matt Shaw saying thanks so much for swimming with us.